Welcome to When Ghosts Speak with Melissa and Mary Ann. Well, hello and thank you, everybody. Thank you for joining us for another episode of When Ghosts Speak and Marianne, yet another story. I do. This one has a little bit of a different ending. So Carol left a message and it said, my grandfather is dying, maybe in two or three days. I really need you to come to the funeral. I'll call you when he dies. I just wanted to give you a notice that I'd be calling, you know, soon. And I have to laugh. It's amazing. I go to a lot of funerals. And when people call to give me a heads up that in one or two days, their relative is dying and they'll be calling, it's usually eight to 10 days. People always think it's going to happen sooner than it actually does. So which is exactly what happened with Carol. She called six days later. And I called her back and Carol said, please let me explain all of this now. I will not be able to do it at the viewing at the funeral home. I said, okay. And Carol's mother had died young. She had a couple of brothers. One was two years older, one three years older. And her father said, she said, our father could not take care of us. So my maternal grandparents took us in. And it was a good life. It was fine. It, we, we had a, a good childhood. Gramps and Graham's only child was my mother. And apparently I looked like her. So my brother started calling me princess when I was 12 or 13, I guess, because I was really, I guess I was just a really spoiled brat. And my brother's married. Graham's died. And I was still living with Gramps. And the boys wanted Gramps to sell the house, move into something smaller. It's an old farmhouse with with about half an acre. And it was in a nice spot. And they used to get a lot of people just stopping. Do you want to sell the house? We like the house. It was an old farmhouse. And people like to restore those. And, but Gramps said, no, no, no. It was his. He was going to die there, and nobody was going to take that house till he was dead. So when Grams died, Gramps redid his will, and everything goes to the three of us. My older brother is the executor of the will. Gramps was okay with when I die, get what you can. He didn't care. They didn't have to keep the house. Just get whatever you can, but don't get rid of me or let me leave until I die. I'm 33 years old, Carol said. I went to college. I have a degree in child care. I work for a child care, actually it's across the United States, who I work for. And I've been there for about eight years with them. I'm one of the managers now. And we watch infants until kindergarten. She says, and, and we're really busy. She says, I love working with the kids. She says, I don't make a lot of money, but living with Gramps, I don't need a lot of money. I still go on some cool vacations and I have my car that I love and I, I have nice clothes. She said, so I, I was content. 
He says, my older brother's company hit a rough patch, oh, maybe about two years ago. And it looks like his wife is going to divorce him because she can't spend money the way she used to. And my younger brother, oh, he just does whatever my older brother says to do. He has no mind of his own. When grandpa started getting really sick, my older brother said to me, in the kitchen, Grandpa's in the bedroom. He said, you know, Carol, you probably should start looking for some place to move to. She said, Gramp said that when he dies, we could sell the house. And she said, and we, Gramps called us in not two weeks ago and told you and me, both the boys and her, that because I've been living with him for so long and taking care of him that you guys should let me stay here for up to three years. Graham said you, that I was the one that's going to get rid of all the personal stuff in the house from him and Graham's, and you guys aren't going to do that. And, you're, and he doesn't want the stuff to be just thrown out. So that's my job. And that's why he said I could stay. He said, fine. He said, fine. And the other brother said, yeah, yeah, whatever you, whatever Gramp said. She said, you know, I know there's going to be some money when we sell. She says, but I don't know how much. I don't want to move from here to an apartment. She says, if I'm going to move, I want to buy a house. And I won't know how much we have until we can clear this one out and see what we're going to get. And I, I don't want... Like she said, I, I don't want to have to move twice. So big bro, bro said, don't be stupid. He said, we can't sell till you're out totally. So you can't stay here until we sell. She said, everybody sells the house like that. You come and look at it. Yes, I want it. No, I don't. She said, you take, I want 60 days or 90 days or something. She said, I don't have to move out before you put it up for sale. And they just sort of went round and round on this. So now that Gramps needs a lot of care, my brothers didn't want me to move so much now because he had help during the day when I was at work, but I was the caregiver after work and all night long. And he's just not moving real fast now. And a little while ago, Gramps was in and out, and I think probably from the pain medication. He said, do you think that I can go down the basement? And she said, no. She says, Gramps, she says, I'd be afraid you'd fall. What do you need from the basement? He said, oh, never mind. He says, I'll be stronger in a day or two. He says, I'll worry about it then. So a little while ago, Gramps was in his bedroom. He was sort of sleeping in and out. and her brothers were over, the dryer broke and they were going to fix it or at least try to fix it. She said they were going to go down the basement. And I said, Gramps is sleeping. He had his pain medication about three hours ago, so he should be waking up soon. But she said, don't go home until I get back. I do not want him left alone. And they said, yeah, yeah, we'll be here. So they went downstairs. Like I said, Gramps was sleeping. It was maybe 15, 20 minutes, she guesses, after she was gone, that they were banging around down the basement. And apparently they were putting a new 
built on the dryer drum. So it was making a lot of noise coming in and out of the dryer and moving the it around on the concrete floor. It woke him up. They have, it's an old house and the heat registers around the floor. And so Gramps could actually hear them talking downstairs. The washer and the dryer, the laundry area was pretty much under his bedroom. So he's listening to them argue about how to fix this thing, laughing to himself. He listened to everything they were saying. And it was the next day or a day after that, I was giving Gramps some broth and he was pretty lucid. He said, you know, the boys were here. I said, yeah, they were fixing the dryer. And he said, yeah, I heard. He said, you know, I I need to tell you something. It's important. And I said, okay. And he said, no, this is really important, Carol. You have to listen to me. And she said, okay, Gramps, I'm listening. And he said, just as he started to say something, she heard the back door open in the kitchen. And she heard clump, clump, and in comes her older brother. And apparently he just stopped by to see how everything was going and how dad or grandpa was and and whatever. And she said, oh, I'm glad you're here. She says, Gramps was just going to tell me something that's really important. And he got real quiet. And he just sort of said, you know, I'm really tired now. And I don't even remember what I was going to tell you. And he sort of, she says, I think he actually pretended to doze off. I said, okay. She said, well, she says, unfortunately, that night he died. And I need to know what he wanted to tell me. She says, I get the feeling that she, whatever he wanted to tell me, she didn't want my brother to know. I said, okay. She said, so you know, I really need you to come to the funeral. I said, all right. So I said to her, she called me and she told me where the funeral was at. And she says, and this is why I really, really need you to come. I finally said, Carol, I said, you know, he obviously wanted to tell you something. She said, yeah, I think he did. But I said, Carol, I've got a nine-week-old foster baby right now, and I'll have to find somebody to watch her while I come up because you're like 70 miles away. And by the time I drive up and come to the viewing and come back, it's going to be a long day. And she said, okay, the viewing back then was two to four and six to eight. There was a break in the middle. I know funerals today don't do that. It's straight through. But back then you had two separate sections or times to go to the viewing. And I said, she says, you know what? I I work in the daycare. She says, there's going to be a lot of mothers here and people that I work with from, from school. She says, the daycare, she says, you bring a baby with you. You'll be quite normal. They'll just think you're one of my people to drop her off. I said, oh, okay. So I said, fine. I says, but I'm going to come to the two o'clock one in the afternoon, get there really quick and find out what Gramps wanted to tell you so I can turn around and come back home. She said, that'll work. I said, all right. I go up there and I got there about 10 to two and Carol spotted me and ran over and she gave me a hug like she knew me. 
And we went up to the casket, and there Gramps was, standing at the foot of the casket. I looked at him, and I said, hi. I introduced myself, and I said, Carol invited me to come and talk to you. Gramps just sort of stared at me for a minute, and he said, she knew you would be able to talk to me? I said, yes, or at least she hoped so. And he said, well, I guess she was smart because you can. And I said, yes, I can. I said, do you have a message for her that's important that she has to know? He said, yes, I do. I said, okay. Now, people were waiting in line to to view him in the casket. So I'm carrying the baby in the car seat. And I said, you know, I'm going to go sit in the back of the room. I says, and when you come over, you know, tell me what's going on. I says, I'm going to sit back there. I have to give the baby a bottle. And uh, it's going to look, you know, it's going to look natural to be just sitting back there. And he said, okay. So it was a long couple minutes. Gramps comes over and said, my grandsons are not going to honor my wishes. I said, what do you mean? He says, I told all three of my grandchildren, Carol could stay in the house for at least three years. She'll be the one to get everything in order. She needs to have time to do that and to find a place to live. And I said, yes. And she said, and the boys agreed to it. And I said, well, I don't understand what the problem is. I said, didn't you put it in your will, what your wishes were? And he said, no, he said, I never put that in because I didn't think about it till after the new will was done. But I told them about it. He said, and I thought they'd honor my wishes. He said, actually, at one point, I thought I should probably call my lawyer and put a codicil in and get that in there. He said, but I just ran out of time. I said, yeah, that has a way of happening. And he said, you know, he said a couple of days ago when the boys were down the basement fixing the dryer. I said, yeah. I says, Carol told me about that. He said, well, I was listening to them talk. And he said, my older grandson told his brother we're going to give Carol exactly three to four weeks to get out of this house when Gramps dies. She is not staying in this house. This house has to be sold. I need the money from it. The younger brother said, yeah, but you know what Gramps said? And he said, he's going to be dead. He's not going to know what we're doing. And the younger brother just did his normal, yeah, yeah, okay, and went along with it. I looked at Gramps and asked, what do you want me to do? Over the years, he said, I squirreled away some money. He says, I would, you know, put 10 or $20 in a book somewhere. He says, I would get an old can and put it in a can and put it in the rafters in the basement and get it when I needed it. He said, I sort of called it mad money. He said, I had some stashed in the coal bin, some in the fruit cellar, some in the root cellar. Again, this was an old farmhouse. And he said, and I got all of it except one place I didn't get. 
He says, and a couple of weeks ago, he says, at least I think it was a couple of weeks ago. He says, I asked Carol to let me go down the basement. And she said, no, no, you're too weak. You can't get up and down those steps. And he said, I agreed with her then. And I thought, well, I'll be stronger in a couple of days. He said, down in the basement, I have a leather little pouch that has some money in it. He said, actually, it's, I don't know, remember for sure, he says, but somewhere around $25,000. I said, mad money? And he said, well, he says, you know, it adds up over the years. And I'm thinking, gosh, not in my house, it doesn't. But at any rate, <laughs> I said, and you want me to tell her where it's at? He said, yeah, he said, but I want her to have that money and she is not to tell her brothers. I said, why? And he said, because they're going to kick her out of the house. She's not going to have any money to go find anything if she doesn't get that money. And I said, okay. I said, so where is it? And he said, down in the basement, he says, in the area where the washer and dryer are, he said, there is a furnace pipe, the big round metal furnace pipes that are on the ceiling and basements. He says, one of the pipes has a straight line with an arrow on each end. He says, I put it, I took a black magic marker and stuck it up there so that I would remember where it was at. I said, an, an arrow. He said, yeah, picture an arrow with a point, but the point's on both ends. There's no feathers. I said, oh, okay. And he said, so tell her that. I said, all right. So he went back to the casket. and was standing there at the foot of the casket. And Carol came over and she said, did he tell you what he wants? I said, yeah. I said, it has to do with your brothers. I said, they're going to kick you out of the house in about a month. She said, no. I said, oh, yeah, they are. That's what they're planning to do. And it's really got him upset. And I said, he's got money hidden down the basement that he wants you to have, but he does not want your brothers to know about it. And she says, oh, really? And I said, Carol, they're going to kick you out of the house. What really? Yeah, it's yours. And she said, okay, she said, you know, there's some people from work and from the church that are at Gramps' house right now, my house, and they're fixing a light meal for us to come back over to the house before we have to come back here at six o'clock. She says, would you come? I says, to your house? And she said, yeah, we're not that far away. I went, Carol, I really need to get back home. She says, please just come and stay for 10 minutes till I find that pipe. And Gramps had wandered back by us and he said, you know, maybe you should. I thought, oh, yeah, yeah. How do you tell a dead person no? So I said, okay. So packed the baby up and went in the car and got to the house and carried her in her carrier. I was sitting there and Carol had a girlfriend that she was really close with somebody she worked with that she trusted. And apparently on the way back to the house, she told her girlfriend what I said. 
And so they both came over to me and they said, come down the basement with us. Show us, help us find this. I said, no, I am not going down your basement. I said, you just go down there. It's pretty obvious where it is at. And she said, okay, okay. I said, listen, I'm going to go in that bedroom and I'm going to change the baby's diaper before I pack her back up to leave. I says, but as soon as you guys come up, I'm out of here. And she said, all right. So I'm in the bedroom. I got the diaper bag and I put the the covering down on the bed, the pad, so I don't get the bedspread wet. And I put the baby on the pad and I'm changing her diaper. And I hear them down in the basement through the register. I hear her friend go, there it is, right there. And Carol goes, yeah, yeah, that that's it. So I could hear them taking these pipes and sort of wiggling them back and forth. You could hear the grinding. Apparently, as soon as they got the pipe apart, I heard this plop on the concrete floor. I thought, yes, he's telling the truth. There really is money down there. How cool is this? And so I'm I'm happy that she found this money and back of the baby up. I heard Carol unzip it. And I don't know what, but she must have ran like a thumbnail or something through it. And she says, oh, my God, there's a lot of money here. And her friend said, well, Gramps wants you to have it. It's yours. And she said, yep. So then they started talking that they were moving toward the steps to come upstairs. So I didn't hear what they said. So I'm almost done with the baby. And I'm getting her jacket on her to put back in the car seat. And they come in the bedroom, and I looked at her, and I said, how'd it go? She goes, well, you know, she said, we found the pipe with the arrow on it. And I said, yeah, good. She said, but there was nothing in it. I said, oh, really? She goes, yeah. She says, I don't know what Gramps was talking about. I, I I didn't say anything. And Gramps sort of wandered into the room and he caught the tail end of it. And he looked at me and he said, I would have never expected this from Carol. He said, I'm so sorry. I said, no, you know, I says, it's, it's, you, you wanted her to have it and she has it. And he said, yeah, but this was not right. And I said, don't worry about it. I said, go to the light. Enjoy your wife. I said, let everybody deal with what they have to deal with down here. And he said, why do you think she did that? I says, I don't know. Maybe she thought if it was really there, I was going to steal it or tell her brothers or who knows what she thought. I says, but it's, you know, it's out of my hands now. I did what you asked me to do and it's over. And he said, okay. So I said goodbye and I left. And I'm thinking to myself, driving home, at that time in my life, I didn't even charge anybody to come to clear a house or go to a funeral. It was, if you want to give me a donation, it's fine. And she handed me an envelope that I just put in the baby's diaper bag. I never opened it. But as I'm driving home, It was a good thing to drive. The diaper bag was in the back because I probably would have 
try to look at it while I was driving. <laughs> and I got home and I got the baby in the house and I opened that envelope up. She was so generous. She gave me $30. But back then, that actually paid for my gas. So it was okay. I'm surprised she lied. She, yeah, I'm with grandpa. Like, I wouldn't have thought just from the lead up of, of her. I sh yeah, it shocked me. I was so shocked. And I would never have asked her for anything. But I was just so shocked that she acted like, you know, money affects everybody so strangely. And if you don't have it, you want it. And if you have it, you're not going to give it away. That's the bottom line. So grandpa, though, he went into the light. He, didn't... he did. He did. Because there was nothing more I could do. He could do. It, it was a dumb thing. I mean, okay. everything was dumb that he asked. And the funny part of it is she never contacted me after that. I never talked to her again. And I remember her telling me some point during all this conversation on the phone, well, when I finally find a house, I'm going to have to make sure that it's okay, meaning that she was going to get a hold of me, which, of course, she never did. And I've often wondered if she realized that Gramps told me what she did. Probably felt too guilty. Yeah. No, I'm yeah, not. yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah. So, like I said, it's life just goes round and round. You just never know. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. You can catch our episodes every Wednesday morning, uh, early in the morning in time for your drive in to school or work. But thanks for listening. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning into When Go Speak. Remember, no part of the podcast can be used, shared, or rebroadcast without the written consent of Marianne Winkowski and Melissa Wiles. Join us again soon. Goodbye.